Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Resilient Leaders Podcast, where we're convinced, absolutely convinced, that resilience in leadership is not simply a good idea. It's absolutely required. I'm J.R. Briggs, and it's Thanksgiving week here in the United States, more than any other year. I believe this is the year to stop and to consider what we're grateful for. Yes, 2020 has been, well, 2020. But let's not miss the elements of profound blessing that have been present to us this year, both big and small. I mentioned on an earlier episode that in the springtime, my family would ask three questions each night at dinner. What has the pandemic taken away from you today? What has the pandemic not taken away from you today? And what has the pandemic given to you today? And it's that third question that I want to encourage you all this week to press into, both for yourself, with personal reflection, as well as with your family and others that you may work or lead. Now, I have a question for you. When was the last time that you were talking with a friend or listening to a podcast or reading a book and the topic of meekness came up? Uh, maybe it's been a while, you think. Or maybe it's never come up in conversation. Maybe meekness is not anything that you've thought about a great deal. Let me ask you two more questions. If I asked you to name a politician who embodied meekness, could you name one? And if I asked you to name any leader who embodies meekness, could you name one? If you struggle to name even one, you're not alone. Meekness is not a virtue that our culture holds in high esteem, and it's quite misunderstood. We often think of a meek person as weak, mild and timid, a milk toast. When people utter the phrase meek and mild, it's often said pejoratively. Now, let's be honest. When we think of someone who's meek, we think of someone who's a wimp. Now, I loathe the fact that meekness rhymes with weakness. Ironically, when we truly understand the virtue, the two words aren't anywhere close to each other. Let me explain. Meekness is similar to humility, yet it's slightly different. In its truest sense, meekness is restrained strength. Meekness is restrained strength. If someone who possesses the capability to overpower a situation or a group of people, yet intentionally chooses to lay down that power for the sake of others, that's meekness. A meek person is so strong that they can even overcome their own urges and agenda and resist the enticing temptation to exert power for their own advantage. To resist even themselves. Now that is strength. Now some, some have compared meekness to a horse, a mighty beast who chooses to submit to a rider. Now I love the story of Cincinnatus after which the city of Ohio is indirectly named Cincinnati. Do you know about Cincinnatus? It's a great story. Cincinnatus was a poor but content farmer living on the outskirts of Rome around 500 BC. He possessed a great deal of wisdom, which was known to many in the region. Occasionally, leaders of Rome would visit his little farm to seek his advice on various topics. One day, urgent word came to him that the Roman army had experienced a surprise attack from the neighboring region and they were overthrown. The situation was desperate. After hearing the grim report, Cincinnatus calmly looked at his wife and said, I fear, Rosilla, that our little field must remain this year unsown. 
He rallied other men and boys, mostly from other farms, and he formed a ragtag group of volunteer soldiers. Miraculously, the fledgling army was pushed back by Cincinnatus, and the Roman soldiers who had been in captive uh, were freed. Ultimately, Cincinnatus and his men saved the city of Rome from imminent attack. Upon returning back into the city, Cincinnatus was hailed as a hero. The people knew full well they owed their very lives to this man. The people lauded him as he paraded through the city and was given a golden crown. The citizens declared him king of Rome. But Cincinnatus did something quite shocking. He declined the offer. Instead of becoming king of Rome, he returned to his little farm. He believed that his cause to serve his city was completed, and now it was time for him to head home to his wife and return to his work on the farm. He continued to work hard in contented poverty, tilling his field until he died in obscurity. To this day, he is affectionately referred to as the ultimate citizen servant. Now, we've all heard Lord Acton's famous axiom, all power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. While certainly true in most circumstances, there are exceptions. Meek people are those exceptions. Meek people tend to use their power and steward it well with the sole purpose of serving others, oftentimes at the expense of their own name, fame, reputation, and advancement. Now, there was a war general in the United States about 250 years ago who revered Cincinnatus, who considered him one of his heroes. Maybe you've heard of that person before. His name was George Washington. After General Washington led the American colonies to victory over the British, he was offered the chance to become king of this new nation. He, like Cincinnatus, refused. Instead, he served as president with intentionally limited government power. And then, a few years later, he stepped down, saying that his duty was now complete. Both Cincinnatus and Washington cared about a cause greater than themselves. They sought no other reward but service and they knew the counterintuitive nature of power. They actually gained more power when they gave it away. You see, you learn more about the character of a leader when they relinquish power than when they gain it. You learn more about the character of a leader when they relinquish power than when they gain it. You know, my faith informs my leadership, and I spend time reading and studying the Bible each morning. Scripture has much to say about this concept of meekness. Abraham was described as meek. Moses was described as the meekest person on the face of the earth. King David possessed it. The apostle Paul spoke about meekness. And of course, Jesus Christ exhibited meekness like no one else in history. He modeled meekness by submitting to his father, his friends, and even his enemies. I've, I've often found it mind-boggling that Jesus, the very Son of God, submitted his power to be raised as a son of Mary and Joseph. In the Sermon on the Mount, found in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7, Jesus taught his listeners two very important things about meekness. He said that meek people were blessed and that meek people, meek people one day would inherit the earth. Think about that. Meek people will inherit the earth. We see through the four Gospels numerous times where Jesus had the opportunity to increase in fame, popularity, credibility, and notoriety, especially after miracles and healings. And yet, instead, he slipped away. He told people not to share what had just happened, and he commanded people to keep secrets about what they had just experienced. 
Now, let's keep it real here for a second. This is not what most leaders do in situations like these. Many, if not most of us, who are in positions of leadership and influence would have welcomed the opportunity for attention and increased influence. Maybe we would have even sought it out. We would have embraced it. We would have relished it. This idea of meekness is so important for us as resilient leaders. What does meekness mean for us in leadership? Meekness is something that we must learn to value deeply, pursue proactively, and lean into purposefully, even when the world does not find it to be very valuable. Instead of seizing power and running toward power, instead of seeking to control and manipulate others, instead of clamoring for attention, praise, and notoriety, we must be the kinds of leaders who take on the difficult inner task, the inner work, which trains our affections for the exact opposite, to serve others beyond ourselves and above ourselves. As you think about your own leadership and the undervalued virtue of meekness, I challenge you to reflect on these four questions. Number one, if those around me, friends, family members, colleagues, those who report to me, were asked if I was a meek leader, how might they answer? Number two, do I even want to be known as being a meek person or a meek leader? Number three, if I were ever described by others as exhibiting a life of meekness, what would have to happen or what would have to change in my life? And number four, what could I do today? One simple, specific, practical, specific thing that I could do to lay something down, to give something up, or to do something anonymously or discreetly in order to practice meekness. Well, thank you for joining me today. And thanks, as always, to Joel Limbowen. Joel produces all of the episodes on this podcast. I'm so deeply grateful for Joel. To know more about the great work that he does, go ahead and visit his website, onalimproductions.com. It's also in the show notes. And remember, leaders, be faithful, available, teachable, and hungry. Keep leaning in and learning. And remember the lives of Cincinnati, Washington, and most importantly, Jesus. And remember, meekness is not weakness. No, in fact, it's one of the most important virtues a leader can possess. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone.